Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Onyx. The Onyx Hunt app is your premier GPS hunting app that turns your smartphone into a GPS. And that works on or offline. And this is especially important for hunts, you know, like I was just doing here um, over the last couple weeks up in Alaska. You know, I'm over... 160 miles from the nearest town and I was able to pull up my maps with absolutely zero cell service and be able to utilize that quite a bit in the field and that can be helpful not even on just hunts like Alaskan hunts you could use that whitetail hunting especially in the Appalachian region here it's really nice to be able to download those maps ahead of a time throw your phone on airplane mode and just focus on the hunt so if you want to check out Onyx Maps, head over to onyxmaps.com and use the coupon code EMW. That'll save yourself 20% off of the app. And in addition to that, the University of Elk Hunting, so Corey Jacobson and Elk 101 have come out with the most fully comprehensive elk hunting learning course available. And it is September 1st, which is crazy to believe. So... September is the month for elk hunting. If you haven't started the course already, I highly recommend checking it out. You can listen to the audio portions on your drive. You can download it so you can review stuff in the field. Definitely check it out. It's got 17 different modules plus a bunch of different gear deals, anything like that. Everything's available at elk101.com. Check out the University of Elk Hunting where Corey Jacobson lays down all of his knowledge to help you plan and fulfill your dream elk hunt so if you head over to that website and use the coupon code east meets west you'll save yourself 20 percent off a year membership to the online course so that lasts a whole year and ton of information there and tethered so tethered has really taking what they saw as a gap in the mobile hunting space and came out with the lightest weight safest elevated hunting gear available and they're doing that through saddle hunting. So with saddle hunting gear, they have all the components, all the pieces, including their new Predator XL platform, as well as their new Sys Hauler ES 2.0, which is uh, essentially like a, a, a little bag that goes on the side of your saddle that organizes your gear. This one has outside storage pockets to keep things organized and also internal pockets to keep you Especially if you're someone that's minimalist, you might not even need a backpack to be able to take this stuff in. Um, for me, I still like running the backpack, but it's super nice to be able to have you know my clippers in there, have my release, any other components that I need to access quickly on my side. You can put your grunt tube, anything else in, in that, as well as all your ropes and everything else that you use for the saddle system. And what's nice is modular. You can make that set up for you along with all their other gear. So if you want to learn more about saddle hunting or check out some of the lightweight gear that tethered has head over to tetherednation.com and check that out. So I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet. It, this is very exciting that, uh, gonna get to talk about the caribou hunt the you know the hunt that i've been dreaming of forever and planned and i'm back from it 
and getting this episode out actually a lot faster than than I anticipated. Um, so if you're listening to this, well, if you're listening to this intro, then you're listening to the audio version. You can head over to YouTube and watch the video portion that uh, we had there. So Justin Mueller, um, who filmed the hunt, filmed my old hunt last year. He's been working with me a lot. Uh, he's a super talented guy, and he's was working his ass off to get this video podcast edited up here just days after we get home and to start releasing it. This will be a three-part series about the whole hunt, breaking it down, and I am really excited to talk to everyone about that, especially because we have the you know, the video podcast series and then the actual full film should release at the end of the month or maybe even, you know, into the early October. So a lot of exciting stuff coming out here. And uh, I hope that everyone enjoys that. So check it out and I'd love to hear your feedback. All right, here we are. We, uh, sitting in the the tundra in the wilderness of alaska i've got justin mueller here with me and and michael paladino we just flew in uh for day one of our nine day caribou hunt hopefully even shorter (laughs) (laughs) ideally it'd be a little bit shorter yeah but nonetheless gonna enjoy the enjoy the whole thing not trying to get home early just yeah two bulls down means done yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I'm. Uh, I can't believe it's actually here that it came to fruition. Long time, a lot of troubles just was past leading up, and man, it was getting nerve wracking. So I'm finally glad we're here. Yeah, for a while there, it wasn't really looking too good. You yeah, know, and everything started kind of going south for a little bit there with all the the travel arrangements due to COVID and everything. But but we're here now, so we can forget about all that. Yeah, That's right. Exactly. That's what I kept saying through the whole thing. Is like just. Once we're there, we can forget about everything else going on in the world and uh, just enjoy it. It's very easy out here. You know, no cell phone service is one thing, but I don't know how many miles, probably 80 miles north of any any uh, livelihood of, of human. So should be good. Yeah, as we, as we say that, I hear a plane flying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. All of us hunters are in the same boat. I mean, there's hunters five miles that way probably. So, but other than that. Yeah. No TV, no news, no. Yeah, you're not hearing traffic other than planes coming back and forth. No social cool. media. We got our Crocs on at camp. I mean, what else can, <laughs> what else can you want? Now we got it on video here. Crocs we, and socks. Crocs yep. and socks. We're able to let her rip, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I guess I want to start this out by kind of going into the background with Michael and I and how this hunt came to be. Yeah. I think given a little background, I've talked about it before, but not kind of all-inclusively you know, one place. So Michael, um, kind of give a little, your kind of thought process and how this hunt came to be. So it actually started, I think we, something that we talked about for a while was getting to Alaska to hunt. Uh, your brother Kurt went to Alaska and came back always showing us pictures and, and he's worked up here a couple of times. Um, it was always just something that I've, I've wanted to do. I grew up reading adventure books and something I just always said I want to do is go to Alaska and hunt. Her and and hunt would be the the end the goal there. Um, so about two years ago, we started talking, tossing around the idea of a moose hunt, and it was really heading down the road for a moose hunt. And we had four guys, so we thought it'd be a great, great, great hunt for the four of us. Um, uh, and then weddings happen, marriages happen, 
school happens and work happens and now it turned to Bo and I on this hunt and we switched it to caribou because of logistics of the just just the whole travel logistics wrapped around a moose packing it butchering it all those things just around it with two guys um so then we did a lot of research and kind of got ourselves with caribou and let it roll from there but about a year and a half ago is where we decided we need to start yeah. doing research on caribou. So. Well, yeah, it, it, and so to give a little background, I, I came to Alaska in 2018 for the Heather's Choice oh, Company right. retreat. Yep. And I was like, I need to get back here to hunt. And you were like, you've been wanting to do it. We had talked about it prior to that. And then my brother had been here, all this stuff. Like we need to go to Alaska and moose hunting was always our dream to be able to do that. Like you said, we had four guys. So it was Michael and myself and then Mason Martonic, who's on the Idaho elk hunt last year. And my brother, Kurt Martonic. Well, Kurt is in the middle of gunsmithing school and kind of moving for a new job and all this other stuff. So He's like, hey, I can't can't do it. Understandably, he's like, we'll do it at some point. And then Mason happened to do something with work, yeah, where he couldn't get off of work to be able to do it this time. So he ended up going on a mule deer hunt. Just last week, he killed his first yeah, high country first mule deer, velvet a, muley four by four. So that's really cool. But anyways, so then we were still kind of looking at a mule uh, moose hunt between the two of us, but understood. Gently. That yeah. we, we didn't know. And you had done a ton of reaching out to transporters to do it, you know, DIY style. And no one even wanted to give, even the four of us, no one wanted yeah. to give us a chance. We had trouble with getting, and we were two years looking. It's not like we were trying to do it for next year. We were saying two years, three years. And people didn't really take us serious so much. They were busy. It was a busy time of the year, I'm sure you know, yada, yada, all that. But it was, I wasn't getting traction. I did get traction with two companies and they're very helpful. Uh, one was a draw unit. So then you had to put that in and it just, just was a lot of, a lot of, I'm going to, the logistics of it just kept piling up, piling up, piling up. And it was just too much for me to do for when we wanted to do it. So we're a year and a half out and we're like, we got to cut bait and let's switch to a caribou hunt. And you did a little bit of work from there and got in touch with some. Yeah. And yeah, cause yeah, like I said, you did a lot of that background information and even me talking to connections I knew that either lived here or hunted here. And they're like, man, you should really look into blacktail or caribou. Mm-hmm. And then I got in touch with Kyle Hansen from outdoors international who that's like a hunting consultant company. I did a podcast with Kyle prior um on traveling with weapons and everything and and kyle was like man you should really look into unguided caribou and um you know up north of the arctic circle kind of getting into some really cool stuff and i'm like you know we talked about it and it kind of fit our goals of doing that and it was a lot more logistically friendly and easier on the wallet yeah to be able to plan that in a shorter amount of time so it was last in 2019, late 2019, we made the decision, and then we ended up booking through Outdoors International for an unguided, you know, caribou hunt. Uh, and in December, I think, is when we signed the paperwork there. Yeah, it was just shortly before Christmas, if I remember, which would have been like the year prior. At that time, we all got together to do our moose logistics yep. decision. So it was like almost a year later we we signed for a caribou hunt. And the one thing I really was kind of hopeful for was a little bit, I don't want to say higher elevation, but more of a, a, a mountain style 
caribou hunt. I didn't really want to be in swamp creek bottoms, not so much swamp bottoms like you do for moose, but the tundra, the true tundra. So when I heard that there's options for, you know, mountain caribou, a little bit higher, like rugged caribou hunts, that yeah. that was going to be cool. Yeah, and it's still like, so where we're at, and it's tough to see probably in this video, but you'll see in other video formats, but it is... Um, we're in kind of the tundra, but we're in the mountains too. We're kind of yeah. the foothills. I, I don't know if it's called the foothills, but something similar to that. And we got terrain. We can move around. We can see them coming through. We got giant rock cliffs. We got everything. I mean, this is beautiful. This is. Yeah. We got just behind here is two miles with a really nice saddle Two you can see two miles back here, uh, about 1200 feet elevation gain just to this saddle. Up over here is probably another 1,800 foot elevation gain. And you got some terrain here, so you can actually spot stock glass. It, it, it's going to be unique. It'll be yeah. pretty cool. So that that was kind of how this, you know, came to be essentially. And looking at the logistics, like I said, Kyle helped out with a ton of that, got everything figured out. And using somebody like Kyle from Outdoors International, like it didn't cost us any more than if we were to book through the charter service ourselves. Even if it did, I think they could say like they could get a hundred bucks for everyone yeah. and it'd be okay because we did nothing. We got a weekly or so, maybe not weekly, but I got weekly through you, but yeah. you know, Hey, this is where we're at. This is what's going on. Make sure you check. Here's a checkbox. Achieve this, you know, get your, get your airplane ticket now. Book your hotels. They're going to go quick. Like the itemized list of this is what you need to be doing from the uh our our plane company and then somebody just checking in every once in a while made it so easy until covid but yeah and then even with like um things like tips kyle gave about uh you know getting an alaskan airlines credit card i got that so i got my my plane tickets here and back my commercial flights that would normally be about 900 dollars. i got that for free from opening this credit card i think i had to spend two thousand dollars in 90 days got it free then I got Justin and Michael's plane tickets for half off. Yeah, I mean, which is and and it cost me seventy five dollars for the credit card. That was it. And then I had to spend the money on it, which I just did it for my business expenses. And you know, other people could do it to pay their bills or whatever it is. And you have it, it's just it's insane the the amount the money we saved right there. It's a credit card, so it, it you just can't fall in the trap opening credit cards for everything. But when you're talking 500 bucks day one, you can literally make a purchase and save 500 bucks just by spending your limit to get your your points. Well, I put I put the down payment for this hunt on it. That's right. And yep. that's what came, you know, and so to to just throw numbers out so anybody looking to plan something like this, if you wanted to rent the camp and food from the transporter, I think it was for this year somewhere around forty one hundred dollars. Forty one fifty, I think, was the number. I was thinking yeah. about it, and it might have went up a little bit for next year. I remember seeing online it was like almost ten percent more. Yeah, as you looked out year to year, but I mean, yeah. it's reasonable. Yeah, and then and then for us, we decided we already had all the camp gear from hunting elk and doing things like that, and wanted to kind of take our own food. So we cut almost six hundred dollars. I think it was six hundred dollars off. Just per by person. bringing our own stuff. Which, per person. Yeah, per person. Yep. Which, don't get me wrong, there's logistics that come with that. You have to pay for more baggage fees, <laughs> other stuff. Or if you're like Michael. Who, uh, I was waiting for this to come up. Yeah. So, 
I, I, we'll, we'll jump into the whole the whole Michael's baggage situation here in a second. But anyways, you can you can save some money that way. So essentially, um, to I guess to jump kind of to the conclusion here, we think with even bringing our meat back, which we're able to do on the plane, um, we're able to do it as checked baggage. Alaska Airlines is caters to hunters very well, and our head, so we don't have to ship anything back. Can bring all that back. Plane tickets, hotels, food, everything under five thousand dollars to be able to go to yep now middle of nowhere Alaska. You can definitely even save some more money. I mean, you're saying five thousand dollars, and we are doing things to to save money, but we also did a couple things to make it a little bit easier on ourselves. Yeah. So if you want to do bare bones, you can do this for forty two, forty three, forty four. If you want to just go crazy crunching, or you can save yourself. And, and go through uh, somebody to fly you in and be, you know, the, a little bit next step for eight or nine hundred more dollars. It's really not that much more to do what, my opinion, the true caribou experience is a, a, a super cub in and yeah. you know, those things like that. It's not that much more money. So, all right, let's let's jump into the, the baggage situation. So the, this is funny. So with most commercial airlines, there's for your checked baggage, a 50 pound limit is what it is before you get oversized costs. So I got my gun case packed with a gun and all this gear, 50 pounds on the nose. Got my other checked bag, 50 pounds on the nose. Michael texts me. I, I couldn't fit the tent. And I was like, man, that's another like nine pounds. Michael's like, I got room. Plenty. I got plenty <laughs> of space. I'm under with all my gear. I'm like, wow, he must be really going minimalist. And uh, he's so we get to the airport, you know, he's running it. He's like, yeah, we're good. We threw it on there. We took it in to get the checked baggage and threw it on the scale ahead of time. Michael's bag came in at 62 pounds. <laughs> it's supposed to be 50. Like, I, I weighed it, and it said 50 pounds somehow. Miraculous 12. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but it was funny as hell. Weird. We, and that's the thing with planning something like this, logistics are going to completely screw you. You're going to be overwhelmed. So you're going to be overwhelmed. You got to let it roll off your shoulders. And, and also, I would recommend not having the exact amount you need for the trip just in case emergencies happen or there's going to be little that's things that might. Bucks right yeah. There. Yeah, an extra sixty bucks, you know, and but it was funny. Yeah, it was it was actually really funny. Oh, man, I was laughing. I was like, kind of. Bo earlier said, "Man, this is heavy." I said, "It says it's fifty, and I have a scale." Yeah, I'm in the parking lot, and it says fifty, so I still don't quite know how that this happened. I think Amazon sold me a faulty scale, or my girlfriend got in there messed with the the settings or something to make it better. <laughs> I don't know, but all I do know turn it down is, twelve pounds. Yeah, you know, percentage. You know, you got to think about that. She half the size I am, so there's only six for her. No, but I, I swear <laughs> that thing said 50 everything I did, yeah. but it didn't. I mean, it, it was 62, and I paid. It, but then it went through. Everything was good. No issues. That extra 12 pounds, if I would have known I was going to pay for oversized baggage, I would have taken advantage of it. Yeah. I had more room. I could have been a little bit, done some things different, but that's live and learn. That's the next trip. Yeah. Sure, so. Yeah, 100%. And and also just something to note with that Alaska Airlines credit card. I didn't even know this till I got to the airport and got my bags like checked. It must have been something with me having that card that I got the first checked bag for you and I free. Yeah. And I read that somewhere. So, I got that free and the second one was $40. So, we flew with all of our gear up there. Well, <laughs> you got Except additional 60, but uh 
essentially for forty dollars, and which is incredible to be able to to do that to come on a hunt. I mean, when you look around here, we got a heavy duty tent over here. Yeah. We got tarps, tents, spot. hunting bags, spot full spot and scopes, eh, guns. You know, food. Ten food days for worth three of food. three people's food for ten days. Yeah, yeah. Ten, ten days of food per for three people. That stuff adds up quick for weight, but eighty bucks. Yep. That's it's pretty incredible. <laughs> so that that was cool. Um but then we had an additional and this is where, you know, well actually let me step back before we get into the whole COVID-19 stuff. Yeah. How Justin came into the picture. So Justin filmed the elk hunt last year synergy film turned out way beyond my expectations and I wanted to work with Justin more and was trying to figure out a way financially to make that happen and uh so he worked with me a little bit and we came up back in May. I was like, dude, do you have this open in your schedule? He's like, Alaska, we're going to make that happen. <laughs> yep. So we just, yeah, made that I... happen, got you in. And to bring in, you know, a, a spectator, essentially it's half the cost to, to come in, be able to fly him in is, is what they call a spectator fee and be able to bring Justin along. Um, or if it's someone that's not even filming, you wanted to bring someone else in that wasn't going to hunt. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, half the cost, which is pretty cool to be able to do that. And yeah, so Justin came in and to the picture here to put together another badass film. Um, putting, he keeps saying, putting a lot of pressure on him. Cause I keep saying, telling everybody this thing's going to be absolutely epic, but, uh, yeah, every time Bo talks about it, he's like, dude, this is going to be the sweetest thing ever. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> Especially on a podcast that's going to be released like before the video is done. So we already know that people are going to hear about this Yeah, and then they're going to watch it and be like, just pure disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be awesome. No, it's cool though. When I uh, when you first told me about coming up here, you know, and you we kind of played around with the idea of me coming with, I was pretty stoked. And I mean, you can't not come on a trip like this. Yeah, I got a text you know? from Justin. There's a chance it might be coming with, and like ten minutes later, Bo calls me. He's like, "I'm thinking about bringing Justin." I was like, "Oh, really? <laughs> that sounds like a good idea." Yeah. Justin already is like, yeah, "I think I'm gonna." I was like, "Heck yeah!" Well, that's what I told Bo. I was like, "Cause he even said he's like, yeah, I don't know how we're gonna figure it all out with you getting up there and everything." And I was Get like, it. "We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Let's just, you know." Well, and then you went. You, he, so Justin was on a mule deer hunt leading right up to this, and. Yeah. So with COVID-19, 2020 has just been a, a complete fuckery from every angle. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, definitely. To say the least. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Alaska put in the regulations that we needed to have a negative COVID test taken and the results back within 72 hours of arrival in Alaska, which Justin was coming. He was going to be in on a mule deer hunt up until a day before he left. So that he had to come out of the field to be able to drive five and a half hours to the New York City, get a test, send it in, and wait for his results. Michael and I weren't finding any test centers that could get it turned around in time mm-hmm. for this like unrealistic expectation. And so we had to send in at-home kits that we found online, overnight ship them, all this stuff, which... That was a... <laughs> I, had the, I had the issue with... I. You know, I live in north central Pennsylvania and kind of in a small town, so there's not any, you know, UPS stores anywhere there. And it was next day overnight air, and you had to ship it out that day you took the sample. So uh, I found a place that said they would be able to 
you know, UPS would pick up every day. Like, okay. I take it there in the morning. I said to the guy, I was like, please make sure this goes out today. Like, this has to go out. This is why. It <laughs> He's did. like, yeah, 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 I got it. I was like, okay. <laughs> Just like that. So <laughs> I, I went to work all day and I'm like, all right, we're good. Like, you know, weight taken off his shoulders. I get home from work. It's about five o'clock in the afternoon. Check my UPS tracking. Never picked up. <laughs> so I call over to the store. Hello, uh, UPS come pick up my package today. What are you talking about? It's like the package I dropped off said I had to go out today. Oh, yeah, UPS never came today. It's like, I'm like, oh, my, I'm dying. So I called UPS terminal, which is an hour away. Said, hey, did did you go into the store today? They're like, oh, yeah, we were there twice. No one ever gave <laughs> us anything. They're like, if you, they're like, our last truck goes out for the overnight air in 55 minutes. Let's just put it this way: I didn't have enough time, but I. <laughs> so I was like, "But I gotta try." So I flew over to the store, picked up the package, drove it there at a moderate speed, and <laughs> got, caught the guy as he's leaving leaving the place in the in the truck. Gave it to. Him. I was like, "Is this gonna go out today?" He was obviously irritated at the end of the day. Anyways, didn't really say much. Just told me it was getting out. Mm-hmm. So. Long got story it. short, yep. or long story long, it it got out, and uh, everything ended up working out there. Mm-hmm. And we traveled up to Alaska, got an Anchorage airport, and went through pretty seamlessly. It wasn't wasn't as crazy as we thought, as far as the they did they did a good job making sure they had everybody's paperwork to an extent. You had there's no way you could bypass it. You had to do it. You had yeah. to show paperwork. Your option was which they originally weren't going to give you an option. They did give you an out. They said you can spend $250 as a non-resident and take the test instantly and get a result. So it was a $250 test. So you had an, you had plan B if all else failed, but I w- my opinion on the whole situation, I was not spend $250 on a test. No way. So I had to make sure plan A worked. Yeah. Yeah, for me, honestly, that probably would have been the better option. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah, know? but we didn't know about that. Yeah, no, I didn't either. They, right? so, they changed it that week. Yeah. They were changing yeah. regulations almost daily. Virtually. And so that was the first step, okay? And how you read it and where you read it. If you clicked on the main page on Alaska Airlines and then clicked into the link they gave you, it was contradicting information from the With same website. Everything across the United States from COVID-19 related stuff is contradicting. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it, uh, so anyways, we just said we're going to, you know, do this and we're like, whatever, we brushed it off and then flew into this remote village that we were going to. No roads going to this place. Flew in and got to the airport there. And they're like, oh, you got to provide proof of your COVID test again. We're like, Psh, no big deal. Yeah, we were done. Did that. And well, Justin and I were sitting in the waiting for our baggage to come out. We look outside and Michael's arms are flailing in the air with his lady talk. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> We've been here two minutes. We got we got to go. <laughs> Michael's getting arrested. So we, we go outside and Michael's arguing with the lady because technically that was day four, which is outside of seventy two hours, and they're saying that that COVID test was not valid essentially Correct. anymore. Because yep. yeah. we took the test Monday night. It went out at six PM on Monday night. I took the test. Tuesday I went to work, Wednesday I flew. And now this is Thursday morning. No, it was Friday morning. We flew Thursday. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Sorry yeah. about that. Yep, I was I was wrong there. So now this is the, after the 72 hours, and they said, you need a test. I'm like, I'm not spending 250 bucks. Not happening. I just took this test. So 
We any we end up going through the chain of command and yeah, kind of go. Talk. Where's your manager or yeah. whatever? Kept going up, and eventually kind of talked our way through it. And then but to come she, to find out, we could have got an instant test. It was free at it that was place. Free, <laughs> and we just uh, it was the two hundred fifty yeah, bucks. It was everything, but it wasn't an anchorage though. So why? Yeah, wouldn't, you and know. there was no information in this town anywhere online that told us that we were going to have to do this. We were the first plane they did this. Yeah, changed the we were the very we first yeah. plane that had this new this new procedure, and I don't think they realize that the rest of the state's charging you $250. Every other terminal's charging you $250 if you're a non-resident. Yeah. It, it says it on Alaska Airlines. It says it on Alaska's website. So I'm like, not happening. We're not spending 750 bucks. We're already here. Yep. So, and the but, thing is, like, you know, we, we tested negative the day before in Anchorage. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously, yeah, I know you can get it there, but it's like, mm-hmm. we. I think we all kind of talked. In order for us to been able to get that test on time um, to get into the village, we've had taken two separate tests. Yeah. You oh, know, one sure. to get to Anchorage and then one a day before. Mm-hmm. Back to, to back days. Yeah. And if I would have known that, I would have done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I, I would have done it. Yeah, yeah. I would have complied and just mm-hmm. went through it and <laughs> whatever. We, we did, though. Uh, we eventually did. We yeah. got through it. Yeah, we, we made it through and we did what, what needed to happen. And then, you know, um, so the air transporter that we were taking picked us up at the airport and took us to the hotel that we were staying in and uh, met up with a bunch of other group. Uh, we met some cool yeah, people. I really hope yeah. them. That were yeah. all flying in today at the same time, same air charter. And uh, we're like, let's let's have a couple beers. <laughs> we're like, let's have a couple beers. Well, this this village is not really uh, – um, uh, these remote villages, everyone is, I mean, not everyone, a lot of people are alcoholics and have, mm-hmm. you know, there's not a whole lot going on in these places. As far as work. As far yeah. as work goes. Yeah, there's not a lot of opportunities for careers. Yeah. You're not really advancing. There's no roads in, no roads out. So you're you're here. The winners in Alaska are known. So it, it leads to have a tendency of alcoholism in these small villages. Yeah. It, it's so they an make overall it hard pretty rough place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just from everything, from the infrastructure to the, you know, some of the people to everything. It's just kind of a, a little bit of a rougher place. But. So we found a liquor store. Okay. <laughs> that, Which Bo did his research. Yeah, I knew, knew that I knew before we even got to Anchorage. Address, they're open three to nine. That's all. And, um, you know, they said liquor store, it's controlled by the city and it had a borough and it had, you know, they'd sell, you know, hard liquor, wine, and beer. I'm like, okay, let's go get some beer. And these guys are like, yeah, let's go have some beers. And we couldn't drink in the hotel. That was illegal. That was also so, a two hundred fifty dollars fine. Yeah, yeah. The, they like that number. Yeah. So they <laughs> said we could drink across the street uh, on the side of the ocean. So we're like, all right, let's do that. And uh, we go up to the window, which there was a line of people waiting for the oh. place to open. Yeah. Which locals at three were o'clock. Not, yeah, yeah, they had three cones o'clock. set up to yeah. make a line by the cones. Correct. Keep yeah. the keep the six foot social distancing. Yeah. So we show up and there's a box there and you yell your order in the box and they shove the beer out the other side. <laughs> but that wasn't it. They're like, where's your permit? I'm like, huh? <laughs> you need a permit to drink. Yeah. So Michael volunteered. He's like, he's allowed 30 beers a day. Okay. So yeah. we're like. Four well, bottles of wine yeah. and a jug of and alcohol. And a jug of alcohol. alcohol. So yep. we had what? Seven guys there or something. Nine by nine the end of, of it. But seven of yeah. us that were there at that point. We're like, we'll just all split a 30 pack. Okay. That's fine. We'll have a few beers a piece. And. So Michael filled out the form for all of us. They went deep to run a background check on you. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, my favorite part of the whole thing was Michael's kind of you know writing his stuff down, writing his stuff down. I look over at Bo, and from behind me, I hear him. I hear Michael say, "Social security number." I ain't put my social security <laughs> I was number. Like, on. my social security. He's like, "Well, I'll just put your driver's license number." I'm like, "I don't even want to put that." Yeah, you can get my name and my when my date of birth is. 
but it, it, I did have to fill out some more things. There's like some questionnaire that I had to fill out. And they, they and came it makes back, sense. They came back with the background check in like 16 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> the door wasn't even closed yet. He yeah. caught it on the way back out. He's like, yeah, you passed. <laughs> I was like, where's the gun store? Because if that's a background check, I'm going to get one right now. <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah, that was funny. So we got we got our 30 pack of Bud Light for $70. <laughs> $70. <laughs> 70 bucks. 19 cents. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was We're a like, oh my God. <laughs> we, anyway, Warm. We, it was warm. We, yeah, too, yeah. Warm. warm. It wasn't even refrigerated. So we're out there. Just We had some beers with these guys. Oh, All back was... before. So I bought Bud Light, and they're like, it's 60 bucks. I'm like, oh, my goodness, $60 for a 30-pack. I was like, well, okay, how about the six the six packs of a Coors Light for $5 or out? I said, how about the six? I went through all their, like, specials, like, we don't have any of that. Yeah, all the like, things okay. they were advertising on the window. Yeah. <laughs> so I just got taken for a case of beer. But yep. so anyways, go ahead. Yeah. So we, we drank with these guys and, you know, we had, you know, a group from Colorado. We had a group from Wyoming. Um, the Missouri. Missouri. Missouri we had those guys. And like, so we had that whole group together and it was super cool just to talk to them. And like, they're all, everyone's first time. In Alaska hunting or caribou nope. hunting, caribou the other yep. the guys from Missouri had hunted brown bear and moose before. Correct, twice. Yep, and so so cool to hear the stories, and we're just all BSing like we've been friends forever. All age groups, you know. Yeah, it's and, from late sixties, I think. Yeah, from yeah, late sixties to, I think you were the youngest. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. For mid-20s to late 60s. Yeah. Yes. And that was such a cool addition to that day, right? Because we got into the hotel kind of early. Mm-hmm. And we kind of hit that point where it's like, well, now we just kind of have to kill the afternoon until we fly out in the morning, you know? So I'm really, you know, happy that we met up good, with those guys. Good group cause, of guys. Oh, yeah. Just sitting Hilarious. there, you know, bullshitting all day, drinking some beers and yeah. telling hunting stories. And it was cool. Yeah, that that part was like, and that's part of this whole experience that you you can't like you can't put that into a contract or you can't really explain that without, you know, really ex- experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And like we said, this this town is, I mean, these Alaskan villages they they're they're rough from what we're used to as far as our standards of living is different. I I don't want to say like I've been to Nicaragua, I've been to poor poor countries third world countries and to come to something like this and you really have to like re i don't want to say it, it sets you to a point where this is still united states of america and this is out there you know this is the united states of america and this is what you can still yep. have yep. you know we're, we're in united states we're not in a third world country and this is what's around so it kind of makes you see things i don't want to say see things different because it's not like yeah, that, but it just kind of opens your eyes. That eye opening. That's, it makes that's you appreciate the things you have. That you yeah, take for sure. For granted, you yep, know? for sure. Yeah, that's um, yeah, that's exactly how to explain it too. Yeah, like just for an example, we saw a lot of people driving four wheelers around town. You know, yeah. st- instead of cars and trucks Bikes and stuff and like that. Bikes wheelers. and yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. It was it was interesting. That's for sure. And so then, uh, you know, this morning, I hope that one kid fixes bike. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <chain popped> <laughs> a little kid. Bicycle popped his chain come by michael flipped it up got the chain put back on and we rigged it up with fishing line and a bottle beer cap and got it going <laughs> yeah <laughs> helped him out <laughs> yeah that was cool and um so then you know we got a good night's rest last night and uh woke up and got ready head headed to the i, I guess the air charter air charter place and got our planes you know loaded up and so helpful and friendly and nice like the lady there just yeah 
Megan and Brian were just yep. both this, making like, sure Megan was making sure that we were set this, 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 like did a small checklist with us, went over just the regulations, even though you should know the regulations before you get here. She makes sure this is the regulations. This is what happens if this happens. So very helpful. And the pilots are professional, very good pilots. I mean, we had some good, good wins on the one part of it and very professional. It was, it was good. Yeah, and so the way we flew in was there was two planes. All of us, so us three in the first pilot were in one plane. Yeah, what type of plane was that? It was a something 180. Okay, Cessna uh, 180? Cessna 180. Okay, that's Cessna it. 180. Cessna yep. 180. And so we were in that, and then we had a Super Cub, a modular Super Cub essentially is what they kind of explained it as, behind us with our gear. Mm-hmm. And they flew us to one spot. We landed more of a wide open kind of big basin, for lack of better terms, and then they puddle jumped each of us in to our cub. final destination in the Super Cub, mm-hmm. which, man, was that the coolest experience in both planes, the Cessna 180 and the Super Cub. In the Super Cub especially, like, I'm sitting right behind the pilot. He's there in front of me. Basically, my knees are wrapped your, your around Your knees him. are touching the back of his seat. Yeah. yeah. You're sitting on this little tin or this little aluminum seat. And anybody that's been to Alaska and done like a moose hunt like this, or it's nothing new to them. But if you haven't done it, to explain to what you're doing, is it's a little bit different and it's such a cool experience. I feel like if you're ever in a position to even fly in one, you should do it. Even if you're just going around at an airport. Yeah. yeah. And it was cool too because the windows were so wide on that, that Super Cub. You could just see everything out the sides. Yeah. And obviously it's Alaska. It's just beautiful country up here. So you're flying over over mountains and tundras and you know rivers and everything. And So I got fortunate because I... I wanted to come in first. That was one thing I just said. I said, if we get to fly individually, I would like to go in first and just get in there and have a little bit just the first guy on the field for no reason other than I just would like to see that. And I got fortunate. I got to fly around a little bit. Uh, Brian took me around, and we looked at some other hunters. And our plan A spot, it was too windy, so we ended up going to the plan B and landed us on this gravel bar, which is not much of anything. Oh, it's I can't believe we can land a plane on this. I, I mean, know. when he was coming in, I was like, wait, we're landing right here. And then I saw you standing on the side watching us. And I was like, holy shit. With the first yeah. hump you hit, you get air again. And yeah. then you come down. And you have to hammer the brakes because of the crick that you almost yeah. get into. It, it's a rock bar. It's a flat rock mm-hmm. bar. Yeah. yeah. Kind of flat. It's not a sandbar. <laughs> no, yeah. It is a rough rock bar. Yeah. But... We made it. Yeah, and perfectly. I mean, I felt super comfortable. Again, yeah. Both both pilots are super professional. Um, you know, Brian's definitely really experienced and the younger guy that we had too is awesome and just like hearing the, the stories and talking to them and you know, they flew us in and yeah, so after they dropped you off and they dropped Justin off, then they dropped me off yep. and we come here and there's a bunch of there's like a deadhead caribou here, some different shed antlers. That like six sheds and a deadhead. Other, other hunters have probably gathered and packed here at the, the camp in the past. And Yeah, um, so we just set up a, our fire ring here, got some rocks here, kind of scattered around, got a little bit of wood here. I got our meat crib over there, two tents. And it was all pretty well organized, so somebody's been here and spent time here. But it's still extremely remote. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. the most obviously the most remote place I've ever been. And I'm sure with you guys, oh, yeah. pretty similar too. It's it's just incredible. And and uh, yeah, on so down on the rock bar, there's a little piece of sand. Oh yeah, we so we found zero caribou tracks yet. But we found <laughs> a big grizzly track, uh, a pretty wolf, good sized grizzly track. Real nice it was the size grizzly. of my crock. I have a picture of it. Yep. Yeah, 
<laughs> so we got a grizzly track, we got wolf tracks, we got moose tracks. So caribou next, I'm sure. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Uh, so that that's really cool. And then by the fire pit, <laughs> yeah, found or was it you that found? Yeah, yep. an empty 10 millimeter casing. We're like, Whew, okay. There's not too often you, you're shooting your 10 millimeter. If you're shooting for enjoyment, you usually shoot more than once. Yeah. And if you're shooting anything other than well, caribou is a bow or rifle. So, speaking of and that, I'm, I'm, doing a, I'm doing a check over my back grizzly watch. <laughs> um, <laughs> the grizzly watch. Yeah. And and uh, what, what this? They've been having problems with grizzlies. And yeah, camp. this year they said it's been bad. Just this week, they had a grizzly come into one of the other hunters' camp and get in the tent, slobbering all over stuff yep. while the hunters were gone. Took their stuff out of their tent. Yeah. Uh, stealing meat, ate horns. Uh, they've been having trouble. So we got landed with no bear spray, none. Yeah. Like, completely forgot to bring bear spray. We didn't, by any means. We had it in the plane. It's just we forgot to get it out of the plane. Yeah. Like, they gave us bear spray, and we just never took it out of the plane. Yeah. So, they came back and made a special trip just to bring us bear spray. Yeah, and a shovel. And oh, a yeah, shovel. and a shovel. That was pretty cool. We got cool. a flyby. Yeah. And uh, the, the younger gentleman, I wish I remember his name. Yeah. Came by and did a flyby and threw the shovel out the window up up here and we're like and, and Justin got it on film. Got it on film. Yeah. You'll see that we're sitting in the chair, he drops over, you we're see him waving. hang out, give us a wave, drop the shovel down, <laughs> like that is awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then on to his next route. He just looped through here on his way to some other camp, tossed it out and made her day. Like that was funny. Yeah. That was awesome. So cool. And so now, you know, we're in this big basin so like our first and again everything with alaska i mean kyle from outdoors international told me this before you got to just you know if you have a plan it's probably going to change you got to be able to go with the flow and you know we were expecting we were going to get dropped off up high on this spot looking down all this stuff yeah plan a was up high it was up high and it's been hot so the caribou have been staying up in the mountains a little bit apparently and we're like, okay, that was our expectations. And then all of a sudden we're dropped off in a creek bottom. And, but then you got to look at it from the other side. All right. Now we have water mm-hmm. with, you know, 80 yards away from camp here. Mm-hmm. We have, we can get up into the mountains. It's funny. Yeah. Brian, right. the pilot drops us off and he's like. He's a man of few words. Yeah. But he's very specific when he says things. Like he is. Very intentional with yep. his words. And he's like, yeah, uh, if you're the caribou probably going to be on this side. So watch over there. If you don't see any, you can hike up over that saddle, get in the other side. You guys look like you're in pretty good shape. <laughs> Everybody All told us, do not other. hike two miles in this stuff. And Brian's first words are, just head up over the saddle. That saddle's two miles. The saddle's two miles, and we just start hunting at two miles. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're hunting from two to five miles. Yeah. Because yeah. So. you can see forever out here. I mean, that's two miles away, and you'd be able to spot a caribou up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. very easily. And but it was funny. He just threw yep. the, every rule, even their first rule on their web pages, anticipate shooting something within two miles of camp. Yeah. I think that's it says something it like that. It does say don't go outside that chasing because they can move so fast and they're migrating mm-hmm. if they're five miles away and you try to make a move on them because they feed at, what was it, like 10 miles, miles an hour? An hour. They feed I thought at. something I saw like 30, but maybe that's walking speed is 30. Yeah, they, yeah maybe it's 10. I think they yeah. feed they don't at walk 10. at 30 miles an hour. Listen. <laughs> yeah, they feed at 10 miles an hour. So even if you're yeah. running after them in the tundra on a flat run, you'll still never catch them. Yeah. But he says, yeah, just hike up over there. I was like, okay. Oh my god! Yeah, it's, it's no pack workout. Yeah. So it's 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 funny, they, they, and they can definitely still come through this valley. Oh, like he was yeah, just yeah. saying that We're if you're not finding him here. him here, you guys are 
able to move and do things, which I thought was, you know, pretty cool. So yeah, I'd be very surprised if we didn't glass something up right from camp. To be yeah, honest. yeah. And we can see a long. We got a bunch of different bases that run into this. Yeah, I'm just sitting here looking, and you can look. I mean, it's it's so clear. Two miles, about a mile and a half, and maybe about two miles up over there. Probably further than that. It's yeah, probably yeah. three or four miles that way. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it probably is actually. Yeah, that's pretty far. But you can see up over the saddle pretty good, and if you just sit here and watch long enough you'll be able to pick up the movement without your spotters, but it is super nice to have these because you can see a long ways out there. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. So basically we got everything set up and, um, expectations, Michael, what are your kind of expectations from the hunt? You know, what you want to shoot just all so, in general. Normally when I go out to these West, uh, a Western hunt, I mean, this is pretty, but like an adventure go, style, an hunt. adventure style hunt. I want to get something that's a pretty good representation of what the species is. And normally if I go mule deer hunting, I don't anticipate, you know, killing a mule deer, but I really anticipate seeing a mule deer and putting a stock on and having the hunt of the animal, the elk, same thing. And then this one, I very hopeful that I can get my opportunities to, to kill, a, to shoot a caribou. So I brought my rifle, practiced long range, uh, brought the stuff to be able to see long range, got ready with all of our gear so we can go after these animals. So I'm very hopeful to be able to put a good play on a caribou. And and have a good representation of the species. I I'd like you know a nice a nice shovel, you know, good long main beams, uh, just just something that has a be like that's a caribou. Yeah, that's that's my goal. Definitely, I think, and that's just about the you about nailed it on the head. You and I are pretty in alignment with that. Like, mm. I'm not looking for a booner. Yeah, I'm not looking for the biggest. I, I mean, obviously, I'd love to have. Yeah, that. we see one. I'm not not. Yeah, don't get me wrong there, but I want a good representation of a caribou. I want to take caribou meat back with me. I want to have the adventure, you know, this, I mean, already is fulfilling that, just being here, the the flight in, the travel, all that's part of it. And then, you know, just to, to be able to kill one of these animals and, and bring it back would be just incredible. You know, a few guys from Pennsylvania and Minnesota to come out here and make it happen. It's just, it's it's out there for anyone, really. It's, I mean, this isn't, you could do this uh, like a, like a, if you're a deer hunter, you know, if you're a Pennsylvania deer hunter, you don't have to leave this camp. Yeah. I mean, oh. where we're at, you could, you could so very easily have your, your caribou walking right through here. Like no questions asked, guarantee they do. And it's, it might not be the most tasking hunt in the world, but I wouldn't mind making it tasking just because that's what I'd like to do. And I, so I'm going to be up on that saddle one of these days. Maybe tomorrow morning. Who knows? Yeah, like that, you can make it what you want. Yeah, you can definitely make it what you want here. Yeah, and and one thing we didn't we didn't mention is so day one that we flew in we can't hunt. So Correct. when you fly in, you got to wait till the next day. So it was at three thirty, no three o'clock in the morning. Three a.m. The following day, you're allowed to start hunting, which it gets first light around three thirty, which is crazy. There's only a few what eleven to three thirty. Yeah, it's yes. like twenty hours of light. Yeah, something it's like something crazy right now. So. Which is going to be long days. Uh, we're out to figure out. I mean, how it's eight thirty right now, and you guys, it is full light. It yeah. feels like it's like four thirty in the afternoon yeah, back it's, home right now. It's eight thirty. I mean, mosquitoes are starting to pick up. That's the only difference I've noticed yeah. this evening. Yep. Yeah, and it's cooled down a little bit. It's been hot, and that's what they said. The caribou are, don't like the heat. It's been hot. We've had three different rainstorms so far. Quick out of the way. They say in Alaska things just changed all the time. We had that little bit of a thunderstorm there. Uh, a couple of rain squalls and 
now it's just actually getting pretty darn nice. We're hunkered down under this, but at any moment, any of these clouds could put rain on us. So yeah, yeah. This the Sika Flash tarp's pretty pretty nice, keeping the sun off you and everything else. And and set we just set this up just just no, I don't want to say makeshift, but just kind of toss it up, just kind of real quick, just to put something up over us and yeah. We can get pretty creative with this. Uh, there's definitely some good options for this flash tarp. Right? Yeah. That's what it's called. Yeah, it's going to be great, too, because like we were saying earlier, with how much you can glass out a camp. If we do have a day that it's, you know, significantly raining and we don't want to go for, you know, a big hike or whatever, we can see, I mean, you could spend a whole, we could spend the whole trip from right here if we wanted to. So yeah. most definitely. It'll be great to have that. If we have just a steady rain, we can sit under here and still be productive. Yep. Totally, totally agree. Well, anything else that you guys kind of want to throw in on this this first part here, or do you want to just kind of see how things play out? Yeah, definitely see where this goes. I mean, hopefully we have a couple more podcasts this trip, but maybe speaking on the hunt and the pursuit and see what happens, but pretty good snippet of getting here. Yeah, you know, we can kind of glass tonight and see what we see and kind of go tomorrow and kind of go from there. Should be good. Yeah. yeah. Next time you, you listen, we'll have caribou down. That's right. 100%. Hopefully. 100%. <laughs> That's right. Anyways, all right. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll get another one here maybe even tomorrow. Sounds good. See ya. Sweet. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.